What's good, everyone? It's the Rolling Stoner Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Rollin. It is a beautiful Thursday morning right here. Actually, I think it's the afternoon. No, it's the morning, but it feels like the afternoon because it felt like I slept in, even though I didn't. But yesterday, I slept in, but once I woke up, it felt like the morning, even though it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Anyway, we got a great show for you guys. Uh, just to begin it off with some current event and news. Connecticut has become the 19th state to legalize recreational marijuana. Let's go. Big round of applause for the Connecticuts. Um, I'm sure the Yukon parties would be a lot more fun now, uh, a lot more relaxed. And Virginia is going to become the 20th state to legalize cannabis come July 1st. Uh, an antivirus software pioneer, his name was like, James McCaffrey or something. Uh, I think it's the same dude who created the McCaffrey like antivirus shit that I have on my computer. Yeah, I think that's the same guy. Yeah. Anyway, that guy was found dead in a Spanish prison cell uh, when he was in the process of being extradited to the United States for tax evasion. But usually you don't die in a Spanish holding cell over just evading some taxes. So I think someone, uh, I think he was trying to hide from some dangerous people. They put a hit on him and got him. Because antivirus software, like, he'll, he'd know how to protect, you know, great cybernetic communities from attacks. And now he's dead. So now those communities are a lot more susceptible to attacks. Uh, in local news, the Ocean City Air Show was the past week. It was pretty fun. You got to just see a lot of planes fly around the city. Uh, I'd say the most exciting air show I've seen was in 2001. But that wasn't the last air show I've seen. I've seen another one. It was the Blue Angels. Uh, they did one in like 2012. Yeah, it was 2012 because it was like the centennial, the Fort McHenry battle and the War of 1812, where the British, you know, came and invaded us. That that time, it was just a, the British came. The British were coming, then they came, then they burned down the White House. Then they tried to move up to Baltimore Harbor and try to fuck around with us, but they couldn't even get past the fucking fort. And, you know, there was battles and rockets and fighting throughout the entire night. But Baltimoreans, you know, we're used to going into battle in the late hours of the night. So we were completely fine with it. We tuckered out. The British threw everything they got, but in the end, the sun rose and the flag was still there. It's a bunch of just Baltimore and saying, fuck you! And the British eventually left. And that is how the Star Spangled Banner was created. And 200 years later, we're throwing up fireworks and having an airplanes fly around it was actually a really great air show i was i saw it from a skyscraper so i felt like i was in a front row seat and it was a good time in other news though there has been a record amount of people quitting their jobs in america just four million people alone have quit in april and i think there's multiple reasons for this one the economy's kind of going to shit and people aren't getting their money from the jobs. So, and they're, they're getting more money from unemployment than they are from just making minimum wage jobs. So they just go for unemployment. 
then also people realize during the pandemic and the quarantine, they realize that people want to spend more time with their families instead of busting their ass trying to provide for their families. Like, what's the point of providing for your family if you can't even enjoy spending time with your family? Because you're just too tired from the job of trying to provide for them. And they're just trying to have a good time with you. And you're completely imbalanced because you're working 60 to 8 hours a week in a fucking dead-end job where you want to kill yourself. If, you know, you balanced it out, had an even amount of time, you'd be able to learn, like, hey, I can enjoy spending time with my family, but I don't need to work my ass and work all the time in order to do that. And then also, I think people also, if they don't have families, they realize that they enjoy working remotely and they don't want to spend time and money to commute to a, a shitty office just to do work for com- from a computer when they can just do that in the comfort of their own living room couch. And a lot of people, like, the only reason why they have cars is to commute to their jobs. If their job could literally just be turned on a screen, they wouldn't need a car at all. And if you're working remotely, you have complete total control over where you're traveling and how your schedule could be and where you'd want to be wherever at. You could be working in an office in San Diego, but you could really just be phoning in and sending emails all the way from like Montana. Well, I don't know about Montana. Montana's got some bad cell reception. I'd say like Idaho, maybe Washington, a little bit more populated areas but you could be in the fucking alps and still you know be on a conference call in a new york office building at 9 a.m in the morning and also i think a lot of people are quitting because they just hate their fucking jobs they realize that that's not their passion that's not their purpose and they don't want to continue wasting energy pursuing that just so a dick of a boss could get more money out of just yelling at them fuck that shit dude i think What's happening is there's like this new worldview coming up or we'll be able to like balance the pleasure with our purpose, our purpose with our pleasure and make it so that, yeah, we have to do shit in order to survive and in order to thrive in the world in order to get money. But we don't have to surrender our own passions and ambitions in order to do that. It isn't a black and white. You have to give up your dreams in order to you know, be successful. Why not focus on being successful in your dreams? And that is how I want to live my life. And that's how I kind of want to, I hope other people learn to live how their lives are. It's all about balancing. It's like we're all in gymnastics, just a giant beam. That beam is the process of life. And some people think they can play one sport but really, they're built for another sport. Yeah, you're not seeing UFC fighters do synchronized swimming, you know? <laughs> anyway, we got a great show for you guys. We're going to learn about the psychology of human development and spiral dynamics. Then we're going to have a debate with some of the boys from high school. Carl, Javon's coming down. Uh probably get mile and jake in there if they're not working it'll be a good time i don't know what the debate's gonna be about yet i'm still ruminating on that thought but it would definitely be a good one and just stay tuned yeah but the other night i woke up and i couldn't tell if i was hungover or still drunk 
because I was just struggling to get out of my bed. Did you fall out of well, bed? I fell, but then also my foot got caught in, oh, like, the railing. God. So I'm just hanging there, just like <laughs> like a reverse <laughs> hangman. The bed just tipped over and just... Dude, this like the, that thing fully supported my weight. Yeah, it was like, pretty, it's pretty solid steel. Yeah, which is good because I would have I would have died if that thing was not. Yeah, but yeah, but I fell down off of it because I unlatched my foot. But I'm like six two, and that's like a five foot room, so I only yeah. fell two inches. And yeah, that's it. Here, you want a bowl? Sure. <coughs> I'll just take a G by that. Like how? Oh, okay, gotcha. You pack that for yourself. Here's your game. I can do it at the same time. So how was your how was your party? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I had a good time. That's good. Literally, I mean, at a certain point, I did did black out a little bit. I got a weird bump on the back of my neck. I don't know where that came from. It was like a <coughs> well or something. Things. Oh, it's probably from the carrying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's good. What was your favorite drinking game? Uh, honestly, I was kind of having fun with the buzz game. Honestly. The buzz game, yeah, that's yeah, looking good. Fun. You just gotta be able to like focus stuff. Mm-hmm. You gotta. It does get overplayed. It's like um the hit song of the summer. Like it's yeah. good in the initial time, yeah. but then if you continue doing it, it yeah, just exactly. gets overplayed. That's why you can only play it every once in a while. Yeah, I feel like Cards Against Humanity's also got yeah. that. Like it was really fun at yeah. first. Now the stack cup was. Dude, those cups are too shitty, but I had some fun with that too. Yeah, I, I like, like the challenge. Drink. I just barely got the drink. I know. I was too good at it. <laughs> That's what I like about it. If you get good at it, um, and then other people get good at it, it just becomes so much more intense. Because we'll just, like, corner some people. Like, everyone will just, like, start targeting. <coughs> like, we always start our dangers with the game of Rage Cage. That's the way you do it. Mm. <coughs> All right. So, for today's episode, we're going to be... A Fun fact of the day about a psychological development model called spiral dynamics. And basically what this is, is uh, just a, it says that there's a spiraling arc of human development throughout like how society is formed, but also how a person matures throughout their life. Okay. And it was founded, it was uh, developed by this guy named Claire W. Graves. So he's a little bit older back when like they named boys like girl names and shit like Riley yeah shit like that Alex <laughs> uh, but he describes it as the psychology of the mature human being is an unfolding and spiraling process that is marked by progressive subordination of older older lower order behavior systems to newer higher order systems as man's existential problem stage Basically what this is overall saying in layman's terms is as humans and society grow and mature, they face new and more complicated problems that they have to develop um, a type of mindset in order and like they have to change their psychology in order to solve that problem or at least like come to terms with it because as like we survived, it became easier to survive so then more problems come down our way. 
so overall, there's eight stages in this theory that uh, humans have developed through. The it's the first one's beige, then goes to purple, red, blue, orange, green, yellow, and then turquoise. And these stages can apply to either an individual or society as a whole, like I've said. And um, like they just one stage leads into another, and each stage has different worldviews, personalities, values. And like how they see the world. Okay. Any questions so far? Alright, cool. Flip it the page. <laughs> Dude, I got this shit, this whole entire book's filled up now. Right. Just fun fact of the day segments. Jeez. It's like, I'm literally just like, no books, man. <laughs> I'm so glad the one thing I did learn from high school was how to take notes. Take notes, yeah. Because once you learn that... You can learn anything because yeah. the internet is just so. I love that. It's vast. Which where'd you get this info from? YouTube. There's yeah. a like summaries and shit. Yeah, I just yeah. get high as fuck and learn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, so the first stage is beige, which is survival. It's the most simple. It's like uh, do what you need to in order to survive. You don't really have an ego. You're kind of just an animal. Uh, food, warmth, water, uh, sex, those are the things that are going to be the greatest priorities in your life than anything else. Yeah. Uh, so examples are kind of like the hunter-gatherer tribes, like way back in the day. Yeah. Um, like cavemen and shit, or like super homeless people, or like people in like third world countries. Yeah. Uh, but as survival becomes easier and humans begin to evolve and like find other humans, they start to make tribes and cliques and shit. And uh, that develops the purple. And then the next stage that leads after uh, beige is purple, which is security. It's more community-oriented. And you'll see a pattern with, like, in between all of these stages where it'll switch from self-oriented like to community-oriented. It's like a, That's, like, the, the spiral of it all. Yeah. So purple is community-oriented. Uh, everyone plays a role to help the tribe survive. So this is kind of like Native Americans, like African tribes, you know. Uh, they use spiritual and simple language in order to explain the phenomenon of the world. So, like, yeah, the sun is just the eye of God because it kind of looks <coughs> like an eye. <coughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> Clean your crops. Yeah, like, do your crops. Uh, and then the like, highest respect is to the chief and the elders. And uh, they're very big on like traditions because they reinforce. They use traditions to reinforce like the same way. So examples of their like remote tribes in Am in the Amazon, and uh, these tribes learned how to cultivate agriculture as they evolved, and that's what led them into the next stage. But also, traditions and customs were heavily enforced in order to combat change because the elders and the chief didn't want change. Because uh, that's just kind of human nature. You yeah. know? People in power always want to stay in power. And that encouraged people to break away from the tribe and fully develop an ego. And that leads us to the red stage, which is all it's. They call it the egocentric stage, and but it's also very the impulsive stage, too. Because the ego becomes fully developed at this point in the human psyche. And brute force is used to win arguments. Like, yeah. you remember, like. When animals have the base, they fucking yeah. fight each other. So to this death. is basically the stage that's closest to like the hunter stage, or, like the gatherer stage, right? Well, no, the hunter gatherer stage was beige. Yeah, but this is one that's most similar to that one. 
Nah. Like, what, like you're like because you can focus on what you want to get. Yeah. Get it kind of thing. Well, this one's actually more. Uh, this is when dictators and empires started to rise okay. in human development okay. because the red leaders will do anything to protect their ego. Anything that looked like a bitch move yeah. would make them look like a bitch. Yeah. So you know, high testosterone. They're fucking ruling worlds. Yeah. Like you get like the Mongolian Empire, Roman yeah. Empire, Genghis Ottoman Khan. Empire, Genghis Khan. Yeah like so many caesars yeah and this is uh the, and the empires the people in the war the warmongers they make a big distinction between us and them because the ego is very set up so you got a guy who's leading a bunch of dudes who they all think they're the shit because they're under this one guy it's just a big like team mentality of like us versus them and they dehumanize the them they like say so much shit about the them that's why you know atrocities like slavery yeah. and masses amounts of genocide and war yeah. so easily done because the them like they just dehumanized them. Yeah. I feel like Nazi Germany. Oh yeah, but Nazi Germany's coming up. Really? Yeah. Um Oh, so a red mindset, a red-minded person will not take accountability at all. He will always blame others. They'll blame the them and uh that is usually because admitting fault shows weakness. So, like, a red-minded person is going to be, like, a narcissist, maybe political leader, maybe, uh, you know, just a dick. Like, that's kind of red. Very stubborn-minded. But as, uh, you know, the atrocities kind of happen, humanity kind of uh, developed more morality because you could tell, like, what was right, what was wrong. Like, obviously pillaging and raping a bunch of towns is wrong yeah so it brought uh it kind of morality began to bring order to all the chaos and that's where we get into stage blue which is all about rules and blue-minded people and uh, the blue-minded era used religion in order to create rules and order for people to live by this is when uh you'll see like churches like really gained power the uh, Roman Empire starts turning into the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. Fucking Pope turn, uh, getting into power. And it's a very purposeful but authoritarian type of rule. Uh, people who are usually blue minded are like super fundamentalists. Like they only believe like they're one thing and they won't take criticism for everyone else. Uh, and uh, religion was very forced on like the common people at this time. Uh, like follow the rules if you want to please God. You know, if you if you jerk off, you go to hell type shit like that. <laughs> and it was a really easy way for churches to gain power and control because the mo the common people were kind of dumb back then. Yeah, uh, they didn't know how to read. And uh, so there was a lot of unity at this time, but there was also a lot of dogma. And that was when they still had the us them mentality. If you were for the church, great, you're a, you know you're a great, you're a good person. But if you're not, you're a fucking gentile. You're you know unclean you're them yeah you know and that's how genocides that were religious based happen like the spanish inquisition yeah. or the, uh those salem witch trials and the puritan communities or the holocaust because nazi germany was like super i think they had some fucked up version of the church yeah, but they, they were did. religious yeah. it was the the co uh, communists they weren't religious yeah um <clears throat> yeah and that's what led to the uh, holocaust but uh 
the lack of freedom and absolution and absolution cause uh, people to one doubt their religion and usually doubt their entire like life uh, kind of development or like because like the religion was like very frank but made people doubt that their belief system that's what I want to say yeah. and they wanted to break free and that leads into the orange stage which is all about success now this is a very individualistic mindset it isn't egotistical but it talks about like I need to do something in order to succeed in this world in order to prove myself so people want to break free from the church and like what they want to do like yeah God's like yeah. he's done great but what do I want to do and then you just go out and take it uh, this is when like the mindset of like being free living up to living up to the good life capitalism materialism the American dream this is when it kind of really starts to form yeah. uh, morals are usually more based on ethics than religion so it kind of is like What's just like, what's everything like everyone can get along on and shit like that? It um, isn't more about yeah. like us versus them. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's really a distinction. It's not us versus them, but it's the have and the have nots. It's the successful and the non successful. Yeah. Uh, and that's where you'll see a lot in like corporate people, corporate individuals, financial people, and, um, like throughout probably like the 1980s well also kind of just like the entire development of the american economy is an orange mindset an orange era it's very this is like when we enter the modern world the stock market like yeah. people, out people were just yeah grinding mm -hmm. to get rich yeah like life is life is valued on individual success which is equal to the amount of money you have yeah and this also this led to a lot of competition in all industries so it led to a lot of groundbreaking successes and like the financial district the fucking entertainment entertainment also science yeah definitely medical stuff and a lot of these people are atheists doesn't mean you have to be atheist to be orange minded but a lot of them just like choose to not believe in a god yeah uh, some great examples of orange-minded people are uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, stockbroken, yeah. that uh, also just like just chasing the American dream, I think is a very orange thing. Yeah. Um, but eventually, when people are chasing material objects and they gain the material objects over time, they learn that life really isn't about material objects, yeah. and they flip back to life is actually about human relations and serving the community so they ascend to the green stage as green stage is really more about feeling than achievement it's about togetherness and harmony uh, this is where a lot of social justice movements start um, because people are like hey everyone is like the same we should treat each other equally there's injustice in the world we should stop that that's uh that type of mindset so like black lives matter but also like the civil rights movement in the 60s martin luther king very green person um it's very anti-authoritarian and anti-hierarchy uh but they green-minded people naturally kind of lean towards socialism so like uh in northern europe those countries out there they can be like a green type uh, like country governments that's what i want to say uh, these people are like liberals and hippies uh, and they take on like a new age spiritualism 
Like they're kind of like they wouldn't say they're religious, but they're spiritual and shit like that. But it's kind of shallow minded. Mm. Usually, it's like astrology, mm-hmm. and that's it, because they're all about feelings. Yeah. And if I feel like the stars are in line, then I can do whatever I yeah. want. Bitch, you don't know where the stars are. Yeah. So do you think that like technology played a role, a big role, like, and like machinery even? Yeah, because I think that must play like a big role in this. I think technology and machinery. Uh, play the role of making survival easy enough for people to start thinking yeah. about the injustices because yeah. before this it was everyone was like I gotta get what's mine in order to like live yeah. but then once you have that and you're kind of secure yeah. you can then you know begin like yeah. actually caring people about people aren't just gonna be happy they gotta yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they're gonna like, advance and like, think deeper and stuff exactly and they're a lot more empathetic yeah <laughs> uh but the downside of green-minded individuals is they're highly susceptible to groupthink because because they want to be all harmony and stuff, they will uh, usually sacrifice their own common sense in order to be with the group. Yeah. Uh, so they uh, strive to be politically correct all the time. And uh, it usually they hypocritically judge all the lower stages who don't, you know, aren't politically correct or any of that. Yeah. And... Uh, but as one gets tired of being woke, they finally wake up and actually start to question not just like everything about like just the green, but everything in life. Yeah. And they ascend to the second tier of thinking, which is uh, yellow, which is all about synergy. And this is when you really get the concept that everything is a circle, everything is connected. Usually in order to get to like the yellow, you have to either go through some incredibly fucked shit and realize that like everything is connected like not a lot of people a lot of of people like to box it out and like make a black and white world like us versus them but when you realize that the world's actually gray and there ain't really black and whites it's all just shades yeah that's when you start getting into the yellow type thinking and some people like i started doing this after i tripped that's kind of one, yeah. It took it like took an ego death for me to realize that yeah. shit. Like I mean, like I kind of like people tell you like, yeah, everything's like circle of life, yeah. but like I don't really fucking realize it. Yeah. And so if life is a circle and it's on top of all these giant circles, everything is kind of system that builds upon builds upon builds, and because everything is connected, everything, um, everything affects everything in another way. Yellow-minded people want to seek out and understand all of that. Yeah. So instead of just being mad at like an injustice in the world or something like that, they want to be like, why is that injustice there? Yeah. Uh, they approach it like that. They take everything for what it is, and they're really like big picture type people. Um, and they try to understand reality in order to like fix reality, because they still like have that thing. Yeah. Um, because yeah, and then usually every like tier and stuff like you can tell. They're very different people, and uh, so like some don't like others, yeah. and they're like usually, like up until tier two, which is where yellow starts. Every other, uh, every other level would look down on the other lower levels. Yeah. But as uh, you kind of get wiser as a yellow person, you ascend up to turquoise, and this is like the end all be all. 
like nirvana type shit like not a lot of people do this it's usually like advanced mystics and shamans and like the monks in tibet uh but they have like a very global vision people they realize they just are an experience of life they're just a drop in the ocean and they can't really do anything to change the flow of the river so they might as well just enjoy the ride on the river um their ego usually completely disappears they're very empathetic and uh, they just become like one with the universe yeah. kind of become like you know like when Yoda turned into yeah, force yeah. ghosts yeah, yeah. yeah I imagine them as like Obi-Wan, force ghosts as people so I think like the only way someone could achieve this without being like a Tibetan monk is uh, like that is what it's like to have an ego death yeah. like when you're in an ego death that's when you're a turquoise minded person yeah. but yeah that's the spiral dynamics that's pretty cool. Theory. Yeah. Are cool. Any comments or anything? I mean, you can see it. Like, it's very, mm-hmm. like, you really think about it, like, just time periods. You can yeah. see the changes. Yeah. Like, uh, especially, I saw, like, most probably, like, within, like, the wars. Okay. Yeah, like, like just in all different areas. Yeah, world history is very interesting. They were for different reasons. Like, the U.S. had a war about slaves, but Genghis Khan was just trying to fucking take over the world. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't give, like, he just wanted yeah, everything exactly and it's now just, we've had like having like petty fights yeah. it's not about like takeover it's mm-hmm. about like right or wrong exactly and you can definitely see it and then even like in the modern day like we have wars over money now yeah and, like oil yeah, exactly. that was back in the that now we're having fucking yeah, about, like, economic famous. wars yeah. and shit definitely. cultural it's different problems yeah it's always different exactly. problems happening throughout time mm-hmm. that's pretty cool, cool. yeah and now we kind of learned how we've dealt with the problems in the past. Maybe we can go forward and develop more solutions yeah. for the problem Hopefully. in the future. Hopefully. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> not their house, guys. but um, but they're not in like Lydia and Tommy's house. Yeah, that's like a different that. house. I'd say, say that. I'd say that grade yeah. in general who's, who's is smarter it, than it's the 2020. Like all I know Blake's not retarded. No, no, but that's that what I'm saying. Good, like yeah. that, and that's the house that they're going to well, stay. My brother's in. house is probably like any right, but that's like, and that's Except like Jake Vanek and all some that. Some key stupid people aren't going. Jake Vanek's not going. Harrison's not going, and Brady's not going. Oh my shit! That takes out. They like, might be okay. That takes <laughs> out. That's a lot of ignorance. I've got there, a lot yeah. of yeah. That takes out a lot of ignorance and negative IQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when they told me about Brady and that fucking car. Yeah. Hey, what Brady do with the car? Brady fucking crashed his dad's car into like somebody's house or some shit like that, or like that oh, car or some shit that. like that. Jeez. And it was Brady, Josh, and somebody else in the car with him. Might have been Jake or Harrison. I'm not for sure which one. <laughs> but when they told me that shit, I was like, "What the yeah, fuck, Brady?" And his dad was gone too. His dad wasn't home. That was a dog shot. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to start this debate off. We're talking, I'm here with Javon and Carl and Jake for right now, but he's leaving. To go to work. Work your ass off, man. Alright, man. I'll see you tonight. I'll see you guys later. But we'll be debating the uh, UFC champions and who is the best pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC. But first we're going to go over each individual one. With our uh, UFC expert right here, Talk Carl. about this for days. <laughs> All right, so first one, the flyweight champ is Brandon Moreno. What's your two cents on him? I mean, he just became the champion, so I, I don't know that much about him yet. It's from but, Mexico. Um, yeah, he's from Mexico. He just beat Davis Figueroa. 
yes. who was who held it. I think he defended it maybe two or three times. The thing is, Moreno and, and Figueroa tied last time they fought. But Moreno, I mean, he's got a really good gas tank. He's fast, like flyweight champions usually are. What I like about him, yeah. what I like about him is uh, he's been a real underdog. He even got kicked out of the UFC in the beginning of his career and then yeah. got re-entered, worked all the way. Yep, yep. Champ. But yeah, still new, just won it. Uh, the next, the bantamweight is uh, Elijah Maine Sterling. You know, yeah, same thing. I mean, he just became champion. His last contest was pretty. Uh, it was pretty controversial. I think the knee is definitely an illegal kick. But uh, he's he took out a lot of guys in the uh, in the bad way to in division division. He's got really good wrestling, and t- overall good ground game. So I want to see a rematch between him and Piotr Jan, for sure. All right, the featherweight champion is Alexander Volkanovski. 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 Yeah. Uh, about him, he's got really good leg kicks. That's his big thing. I think Max Holloway beat him last time. I don't think he's for champion right now, but um, he, you know, he's 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 strong. He's weighed one eighty five and um, and do rugby, so he's got big legs, big okay. strong legs. That's good. You need those. Uh, the lightweight champion is Charles Oliveira. Yeah, he's a big jujitsu guy. Yeah, really big, good really, at strangling. Yeah, but he's got a few knockouts too. It's pretty impressive. But, yeah. uh, the welterweight is Kamara Usman. He's arguably one of the better, one of the best fighters actively in the UFC right now. He's defended his belt five yeah, times, at least five times. He's arguably I mean, one he's, of the best of all time. Yeah, he might be the best welterweight of all time at this point. Defending his belt this many times. Uh, Take a little break. Fly-killing fly break. Fly. <laughs> Tap the bucket. This episode is brought to you by Fly Zapper. You, ever, you oh. ever need a zap a fly? Fuck him. Get him. Get him. Pour him in. Oh, he's behind you. He got into the kitchen. Oh, he's right. Oh, fuck. I'm going to get him later. All right. He'll come back. Oh, he's over here. You want? All right, he's gone. All right. Uh, the next champion after Usman is oh middleweight champion Israel Adesanya. Oh, style bender. Yeah, I mean, he's probably the best. He's, I mean, uh, it's it's really it's like these old these uh, heavier guys right now, the more like established fighters. I feel like, but yeah, Israel Adesanya is not you don't really have to say anything about Izzy. People know who Izzy is. He's mm-hmm. Just technical, doesn't get hit a lot. He's dirty. Once you get him down though to the ground, he's definitely defeatable. Uh, the lightweight heavyweight is uh, John Blockowitz, right? Yeah, John. Also very good, really strong. I think John Jones would be the champion still, though, if he was still fighting at 205, honestly. Uh, the heavyweight is Francis Ngannou. Yeah, he's just a fucking beast. Total badass. Yeah. I've heard a story about him where he was uh, trying to migrate to Spain, and their immigration like borders are a little more intense than the United States, where if they caught you trying to get into the country, they'll just fly you down to the Sahara Desert, drop you off, and just leave you. And that happened to him six times before he was able to get past the border. This was like when he was like a teenager, like going in his twenties. And that's the guy that you have to fight against in the cage. He's a salt miner. <laughs> Literally, like, mine salt. He's got crazy strong. Exactly. And then the women's. Uh, we'll do that too. His strawweight is 
Rose, Namajunas. That was a good ass fight. You know the women's too? I mean, sure, it's on the fucking. I guess site. so. I mean, I don't really know about. So, like, I don't like the champions for women's. Like, the really high high ranked uh, women, but I don't know too much about the lower people. That's a thing. But, I mean, like, yeah, Rose. She, she yeah, well, we're only talking about the chance, right? Yeah, now. so she's been, she's been around for a long time. So, yeah, she's. She's very, very good. <laughs> yeah. And then the flyweight is Valentina Svinchenko. Yeah. Valentina's the bullet. She's just freakishly fast. Really good kicks as well. Gotcha. And then bantamweight and featherweight is Amanda Nunes. Yeah, she's the goat. Who's just say, a total yeah. badass in her own right. Dude, this fly is just yeah, still alive. So It's so quick. And it's invasion of us. It's kind of pissed me off. Uh, you got him? No, I did. Oh, he's still kicking it. I just put him out of his misery. He keeps flying into it. Ah, maybe he likes pain. He's got a kinky fly. <laughs> you trapped him. Ah. Oh, I smushed him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Alright. Alright, so. Those are all the fighters. Who is the best one? Who's your favorites? We'll go around. Who do you think would just win if it was an all-out street brawl? You know, behind. Yeah, if they all weigh the, the exact same. So say like they all weigh like one fifty-five. Yeah. Who would win? Uh, actually, so are we including like length in this? I can't really do length either. I feel like size. you could like relatively like you were just yeah, make them all the same size. Yeah. Like yeah. Izzy's gonna be longer than everybody yeah, else. And certain people are gonna have beefier yeah. arms too, and yeah. bigger legs and stuff. Too. Yeah, like Jan Blackwood's arms are gonna, like, you know, yeah. he's, he's gonna yeah. be big. Same with Francis, honestly. Yeah, but, but then that's just really measuring like their personalities and their experience. Exa- and no, technique. and you gotta factor <coughs> yeah. that stuff in too, because yeah. I'm going Izzy or Francis, just because. Yeah, but they're still I'm, both I'm like Izzy. newer when you're comparing it to Usman. He's been there for a while. Usman has been. I think yeah, between, he has those, at least between those three. And then if, if John Jones were a champion right now, I'd throw but him are you? Too. But I feel like that's different than like fighting in the UFC. Like they've been fighting for probably the same amount of time, give or take. That's but true. you got to think about training. Has been how much they Izzy was a kickboxer. He did like he was a good fights. ass yeah. kickboxer in China. Yeah. The UFC yeah, record. No, I think Izzy. Is your John Jones probably my top two? Mm, yeah, two John two. Jones too. I feel yeah, like yeah, they're, they're pretty similar, too. like length and just yeah. smart. Mm-hmm. <coughs> John Jones is definitely just beefy. Yeah. yeah, on the site itself it says that the pound for pound top rank is John Jones. Who's their number two? Their number two is or number Uz- number two is Usman. Uh, number three is Izzy. Number I, four is Alexander Vol- uh, Volkanovski. Yeah, they got Volkanovski all the way up there. Yeah, Jeez. and then Francis Ngannou. Uh, Maybe it's just me, uh, but I, I feel so. like Usman shouldn't be too. Just based off of his, I feel like like his one weakness. Yeah. Like you look at him and you just see like I'm gonna attack his legs. Like, I'd have I'd have Izzy above him. Yeah. yeah. Has anyone tried to like um, throw leg kicks at Usman? And the thing they're getting more and more popular, so if they haven't already, they are going to be. Yeah, because that's what took that's what took down Connor in the last mm-hmm. um, with Poirier. Yeah, no, they've been taking down a lot of people too. Like, people just they can't like. I feel like left, you your get, left leg, your front leg's blown yeah, out. and Izzy has the best legs for those. When legs. you get fighters like him, that can just do everything, and especially when you have the timing to yeah. go in and, and train for a fight and a specific person and how they fight. Yeah. And I feel like that's what make Usman. That what make that's what makes him. 
so weak too is that he's been fighting for so long mm. so you have the most footage on him too in how to beat him yeah. Yeah. because you have so many fights to watch him versus guys who are younger uh, yeah time, younger yeah. up and coming guys are scary too because they're yeah. stronger faster they can like you know you think I mean it, think of the champions it takes you so long to get there that you know, by the time you're a UFC champion you're usually really you beat, young. You beat, yeah, you're beat usually out. like your 30s honestly like all like mm-hmm. pretty sure like, I think Francis is 30s I don't even let's see how old is Kamara I said the other advantage Usman's got over people's wrestling that yeah once he gets him I mean, on the ground you go yeah that's his area on the ground is a different story because if you're not getting up, you're not yeah. getting up. Mm-hmm. He's got you wrapped up. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. And if you don't know those moves, then you don't know those moves. Mm-hmm. On the ground, uh, um, Olivier could probably be the only other guy that could yeah. combat Usman. Things if Khabib were still active to, to this yeah, day. Khabib, yeah, Khabib, 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 Khabib all day, every day. He just retired. He's though. a true dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's. I feel like wrestling is gonna be like at this point most most of the champions have a ground game and even Izzy's starting to develop his. Mm-hmm. He was like the main like just striker kind of thing. He looked really good on the yeah, ground he did last fight. Really did. He but showed he can learn. Francis isn't a, really a wrestler either at all. He's just straight power. It's yeah, rare. he's never needed to be a wrestler. Yeah. And that's another one of his weaknesses too. Mm-hmm. But he's like so big that do you take him to the ground? Can you even take him to? The that's ground? why I guess if you put him at one fifty five. You have to see because I think Khabib at 155 and Gano with, with Gano the same they're going to the ground yeah I think Khabib's taking him down mm-hmm. honestly Khabib might be taking like easy down too at 155 I don't think yeah mm-hmm. I think it very well look at eye because that'd be such it's just Khabib's wrestling is like, unstoppable like, it's actually unstoppable that's why he went undefeated yeah but I also I feel like yeah Khabib on the ground with like Izzy Per se, I feel like that's just gonna like Izzy's gonna start panicking yeah. and he's not gonna know what to do. So it happened to everybody. Yeah. In the lightweight division, it's a really good division. Too. Yeah, it could be just ran through them all. And you only need two seconds of panic before it could be just you make gets the wrong. You make yeah. the wrong move. Yeah, because yeah. bears don't panic, and <laughs> he already fights those. And, <laughs> and that's the thing. That's all he does when he trains, yeah. isn't it? He just wrestles. wrestles. He's yeah, yeah. started developing a striking game yeah. too. So I'm like. Uh, Knock Connor down. And he, yeah, he's just head first, go, go, yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, he's power. He's strong. Yeah. He's so strong, too. But he's so small. Yeah. Um, definitely. I think it'd be Khabib if he was still active. There's a lot more people from that area coming into the UFC. Oh, yeah. Khabib's coach in this point. I forget his name. It's in the hard last Isn't his brother? Doesn't his brother fight too? His brother. It's just going to turn to just Africans versus Siberians. And Brazilians, too. I feel like you get, uh, hmm. I feel like you get like Switzerland, like that area, yeah, like, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's always. Yeah. It's kind of you know, like, 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 like American champions are like. That's rare. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah. It's usually yeah, it's usually it's not. The last it's, like, it's not usually the last American. like American like big name was like what cowboy, and then he got bitched for Connor. Yeah, yeah, there's there's been I mean like maybe recently, recently. Because I feel like maybe, those like, fighters, they're just like. You're so versatile yeah. in what you're doing. But to actually get the belt, yeah, it's yeah. not many. You don't see many USA flags. So is there any uh, big fights coming up in UFC or anything like I mean, that? the next big fight is going to be Conor versus, versus Dustin Poirier. Oh, that's... Uh, three, the trilogy. But I think Conor's going to lose, honestly. I feel like he's been out of it for too long. Yeah, and in Dustin Poirier pieced fight. him yeah, up the yeah. last fight. Conor will go in the first round, really good in the first round, but... After that? The light, he could stop the light kicks. Yeah. yeah. 
And then, yeah, kind of crazy. And you knew they were coming yeah. every time they would yeah. come. And I feel like that goes with coaches too, though. Like your coaches got to be able to help you because yeah. that's why they're there. Your corner's there for a reason, yeah. so you got to help me out too. So I feel like better in your corner. I just want it to be a good fight. Yeah. I want it to be kind of even. Worth my stream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really worth it. <laughs> the that's the thing with the Connor, with Connor cards though. They always end up like it's like the main like the main events of Conor McGregor. You know that mm-hmm. get people hyped up, but the prelims are never that good. Like, mm-hmm. like the undercard is is never as good as, as like other fights are. Like, I, I like fights where it's like two okay. like championship fights and then a bunch of cool. Like, well, I think that's because a lot of like the uh, bigger name fighters they just don't want to get like lost in the lack of limelight because Connor's going to be taking maybe but they, I think UFC also knows that Connor will sell himself yeah, he does, they don't need it. to get anybody else on the card to sell the card like the people will buy it for Connor Very it's kind of crazy because he's not even we were, we but that's a good way to promote the no name yeah. no he was he, 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 was the he brought the most profit yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he made the most profit he's still doing it it's just kind of crazy yeah I mean, it'd be sick if he won, though. Because how many times he retired now? Like five. Three, four. So many times. <coughs> so frustrating when he retires. It's like, you know you're not. Just stop saying it. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that only messes him up more. Like, he, yeah, he was so dominant. It's so long. up his legacy. Yeah. Well, also, he, like, was doing that 145. I feel like it, him at 145 would be kind of interesting, but he'll never go back down. I feel like that's why he was winning. When he was lighter. Yeah. yeah. But the, the heavier weights yeah. and the more talented. He was also way hungrier back then. He came from nothing, too. So he was like, yeah. he was broke. The drive, he was trying to make money. Yeah. yeah. It's hard now to get he's, up. Now he's rich. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to get up 6 a.m. in the morning when you're in silk sheets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good overall debate. Got me excited. I like it. So, I'd say, in the end, Usman's the best. (laughs) Alright. Well, that signs off for this episode. Stay high, everyone.